hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash Clips, the original comedy soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, Mark Hershaw. Mark Hershaw. Mark Yes, believe it or not, and for the last time, really this time, it's me, Mark Hershon, departing host, but still remaining executive producer of Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast. First of all, I lied to you last episode when I said that was the last episode, the final episode, because after I dropped that installment, I heard from a number of our friends of the show, mainly soundcasters who've been so supportive and helpful, over the past seven years that the show's been on that I felt I truly haven't thanked enough people when last I signed off. Also, between Epi 162, which was the last show, and now, we have found a way to keep Suckatash going. In classic show business fashion, I am just going to tease you with that for now, but suffice it to say, if you keep listening, or fast forward, all will be revealed before we're done here today. The initial impetus to do an unfinal episode was that our resident political comedian and social commentator, Will Durst, had sent me a last Bursto Durst installment, which arrived after we dropped Epi 162. Then I discovered we also had a last Boozin' with Bill segment with our announcer, Bill Haywatt, that had somehow slipped through the cracks. Based on those things, I figured I would do one last round of Soundcast clips just featuring shows from some of our most vocal supporters on social media, which gives us quite a lineup. Big giant thanks, by the way, to our associate producer, Tyson Saner, for helping me to harvest the absolute bumper crop of clips we're featuring this show. This may be the longest episode of Suckatash. I'm not sure, but it's going to be pretty darn long. You're going to hear from The Antisocial Show, Chasm Mirth, The Chill Pack Hollywood Hour, Combat Radio, Comedy Film Nerds, Ear Goggles, Film Threat, Illusionoid, Quick Question, Story Worthy, and Strange Times. There may even be more. I'm not sure I got everybody in that lineup. And this unfinal episode is sponsored by our friends at Henderson's Pants. First out of the barrel are a couple of gents that I have referred to often as being members of podcast royalty, and that is Dean Haglin and Phil Lairness of the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. Early on, these guys were very supportive of the show and generous with their time, and over the years, we've become good friends. Their show is now in its 11th year, and these guys have not only made careers on their own, apart from each other, but they've made movies together as well, including a great dark comedy thriller called The Lady Killers. It'll be screening in about a week in San Jose, California. So if you're in the area, check that out. It's one night only on February 21st at Club 3B in San Jose. I'm going to be there. Uh, I've got a link up on SuccotashShow.com at the blog for this episode. You can get information and tickets. Dean was recently going through some knee replacement surgery, so the guys invited me on for a chat that became some of the pre-recorded magic that they used to fill the time that Dean would be out of action. So that's in their episode 560 and 561. This is from part one of that chat in Epi 560. Uh, you know, we're sponsored 
yes. by the very real, the very phony sounding and very real Empire State Gas, yes. the, the, the largest independently owned gas station chain in the uh, Northeast United States. Sure, their gas costs a bit more, but they, they pass those profits on to their shareholders. I just filled up uh, yesterday from them because they now have uh, they now deliver via Amazon, which is fantastic. That is fantastic. Yeah, I got a big drone. Of, drone I, I got a big jug of their gas and was able to fill up. <laughs> That's good. Oh, Empire, Empire State Gas. They've we do, got we deliver gas. So. Um, uh, but your show was uh, was sponsored by uh, a very not real sponsor, Henderson's Henderson Pants. Pants. Henderson's Pants. Uh, old, old man Henderson. What year was Henderson's Pants? What, what year was Henderson's Pants? Uh, it was established in 1934, 1792, mm-hmm. 857 A.D. Uh, every, every, if you listen to the Henderson's every, Pants... Every yeah. episode, it was a different yes. establishment. Day. Yes, it, it's okay. established a different year every time. Absolutely. And you, not, but they sounded so any... durable. <laughs> Do you have any favorite uh, Henderson pants? Uh, I love the Henderson's pants. Uh, you know, Bill Haywatt was the the voice of uh, our sponsor and also our booth announcer, and he he voiced almost all of them. I read a couple of them just because he either wasn't available or I just wanted to kind of do them on, on my own, uh, and I wrote them all, uh, with the exception of there was a there's a comedian in New York who wrote me one time and said, "I love the Henderson's pants ads. Can I write a few of them?" So he yeah. he actually submitted several, which we then recorded, which was great. Um, but yeah, I think my favorite, and I just I, it always pops. There's two of them. One of them was the very one of the very first ones, which was uh, turtleneck slacks. Uh, <laughs> they, they were designed for plumbers and other people that have trouble kind of keeping their their crack in the pants. Right, uh, a turtleneck. Good thinking. And then there was uh, picnic pants. And picnic pants are, uh, they're red and white checked, uh, quite Uh voluminous. And when you find your picnic spot, they unfurl to create a blanket to sit on. And you carry, uh, you can carry your your burgers and weenies in the meat meat drawer right up front where you keep your meat. And uh, there is a a bun basket in the back where you carry the buns and then plenty of room in your pockets for condiments and uh, utensils. Fantastic. That sounds genius. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um I wish you'd done down under pants. Oh, oh man. Down under pants. You know what? Yeah. Hey, you know what? I've got my final final episode coming up. And I I am gonna have a clip from Chill Pack in there, but I think I down under pants. I have to get Bill Haywatt yeah. in the studio one more time. And uh, totally that's a great idea <laughs> made with goose down. They're my goose down underpants. I, I, I love it. And even the, even, the, even the men's fly opens on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So you can watch it drain the other direction. Train the lizard, uh, yeah. train the lizard in the other direction. <laughs> Interestingly enough, sort of in a way it's interesting is that was from Epi 560 of Chilpack Hollywood Hour. My first job in radio was at 560 AM KSFO in San Francisco. Isn't that funny? Um, so even though I'm going to be stepping away from the Succotash mic, I will continue to do my little bit as the announcer fulfills other soundcast, the Los Angeles Breakfast Club on the air. But you can find every episode of Chilpack Hollywood Hour at Chilpack Hollywood 
Hollywood.com. And that's Chillpak, C-H-I-L-L-P-A-K, Hollywood.com. Also on iTunes, their home base at Blog Talk Radio and a lot of other places all around the web. Good is my word to those fellows in that chat we just had. Here is a message from our esteemed sponsor with their brand new line of pants. Good day, mate. Bill Haywatt here. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere where it's winter and we're currently treading water in some areas and trying to dig our cars out from under 30 feet of snow in others, you may be unawares that in the bottom half of the world, it's the lazy, hazy, hot and moist days of summer, which is where you can find the new Down Under Pants from Henderson's Pants. If you suffer from getting a little too sweaty, South of the border, or maybe you just need a little kangaroo inside your khakis, Down Underpants offers a commonwealth of comfort just for you. Artfully crafted from koala skin and wombat fur, these light-as-a-kiwi feather underpants slip on like a dream, offering solid protection from sweating and chafing all day long. In keeping with the way things work in the land of Oz, the yoke's on you as the vent to relieve oneself is on the other side from American boxers and briefs. So, whether you're out tossing the old boomerang around or putting another shrimp on the barbie, You'll be doing it all cool and comfy in your down underpants. Your down underpants. Your down under... Your down underpants, yes. Originally designed for Crocodile Dundee, Mad Max, and penal colonists, Henderson's down underpants are available wherever water goes down the loo in the opposite direction. That's Henderson's, makers of long johns and short shorts since 1770. And now, back to Succotash. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, that's a wrap. You, you know, Joe, I have to say, I feel as if a small part of me just died. Shut up. Keeping on in Australia for just a bit more, we have a testimonial for the new Henderson's Pants from none other than Jason McNamara, a.k.a. Jabs, from the late, great D-Head Factor podcast that used to boom out of his hometown in Canberra. He was a very early proponent of Succotash and did an amazing version of our show as his show for the first annual Succotash Appreciation Day, which also turned out to be the last annual Succotash Appreciation Day. Thank you, Jabs. Great guy. And here's what he has to say about them new panties. I don't go anywhere without wearing a pair of Henderson's down underpants. It's the best way I know how to keep my bush fresh whenever I'm out in the bush. I thought that Jabs had turned in his soundcasting rig a few years ago to take up marathon running. The guy's now a beast in his training for a 50-mile ultramarathon. But I guess he kept enough gear to cut us that bit, so thank you very much. Soundcasting has, since the start, created a great amount of camaraderie and goodwill amongst people in the business. Succotash has, on occasion, been a kind of conduit through which people from one show have found out about and eventually connected with other shows. A case in point was Jabs there, who made contact with Davy and Dent in England, who at the time had a very unique show called The Bitter Sound. Davian and Jabs put their heads together, half a world apart from each other, mind you, and created a soundcast miniseries called The Kundalini Files, a kind of detective spoof. They also pulled in some other soundcasters on that one, other fine folks we've featured over the years here on the show. Now, I don't have a sample of the Kundalini files that I'm going to share with you today because it's been uh, uh, a number of years before it was on, but it is still 
on the web, and so is The Bitter Sound. And there are links to both of those shows uh, in the blog for this show at SuccotashShow.com. So check them out if you will. What I do have for you is a snippet from a recent episode of one of Davian's other long-running shows, The Strange Times Show, featuring Davian, Samantha Pett, and Kat Sorens. All three have been very friendly to our show, and one of these days, I've got to somehow meet these people and down some brews with them until we all pass out. Here's a taste of Strange Times. This is Strange Times. What on earth are you talking about? Peanuts! Have a banana. All right, everybody, um, episode number, Sam, what episode is it? Uh, 6,342. Perfect, that'll do. Correct. God, can you imagine if we actually (laughs) stayed alive long enough to do that many... Oh, fucking hell. Dear listener, this is Strange Times. Um, Tackling the stupid so you don't have to. Although, judging by most of your posts to our Facebook group, uh, you're still (laughs) very, very stupid. Um, I'm Davian... (laughs) She's Samantha. He's Kat. Hello. How is Studio Pussy? He's sleeping in the bedroom. Hopefully he'll keep quiet. Right. Well, they tend to do that if you sellotape him into a plastic bag. (laughs) (laughs) I have absolutely no opinion on cricket whatsoever. I just don't get cricket. I don't like cricket. Oh, no. Um... Because I don't get the scoring system. Why don't they just have goals or points? All these fucking <laughs> overs and unders and fucking handicaps. Oh, no, that's golf, isn't it? Oh, that's a game for... That's, that's another game for guns. It's just like rounders with a squashed bat, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, Kat, do you want to laugh? No, uh, no, I laughed when you told me yesterday. Oh, right. I mean, this morning. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh. No, oh, I fucking got stuck in an MRI machine last night. How... I went for another MRI <laughs> uh, because I still can't work out what's wrong with my fucking hip and leg. Um, mm. And uh, I went to the MRI suite and uh, one of the machines was being used and they were running late. So I was like taking, I can't remember if I said this last night on the other show or not. Man, fuck it anyway. No, you didn't. All right. And um, <laughs> so they took me to the other one. And it's like when you go and rent a car, but they haven't got the car you wanted. So they lend you the old one that's used by the sales reps and stuff. And uh, it's like about... Uh, trying to describe how big it is. Normally, in an MRI, it's quite a tight squeeze for me because I'm quite broad-shouldered and, 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 and stuff. But so they didn't grease this new one? No, well, well, no, they obviously <laughs> didn't grease it enough. No, and I went in and I thought, fuck me, this is a lot smaller than I'm used to. You know, I haven't put on that much bloody weight. In fact, I lost shitloads of weight when I was almost dying. And, and yeah, I had a bit of a panic attack and I pressed the uh, button to say, get me out of here! And the fucking uh, conveyor belt that I was on stopped. And oh no! And I quite no, uh. and I lost my shit. I had my arms crossed over my chest, and I couldn't move them. Mm-hmm. They had to drag me out by the shoulders. Oh, I was I was right fucking mess. So I, I had to take lots of tramadol and drink lots of gin before we did our show last night because I, I would never normally do such a thing. <laughs> oh fuck me, dead! Strange times, five pounds. They're back. Um, yeah, so if you want to send one in, go to our website, strangetimeshow.com, go to support the show page, click on all the fucking links, follow them, um, donate a couple of quid. Anyway, dear Strange Time Show, my name is Dr. David Brennan from the Bethlehem Royal Hospital. Oh. Um, I just wanted to let you know that Davian left his butt plug here after his last MRI. You can pick it up at Austin Found on Monday morning. Because Dr. Andrew Brennan.
www.strangetimeshow.com Thank you very much to Davian for sending us that clip. Uh, Strange Times, their motto is tackling the stupid so you don't have to. And they, uh, they're just, they were just about to plunk down their 250th episode, but Davian's studio got flooded and he is still drying things out. But check them out at strangetimeshow.com, Podnose, iTunes, and other places you find soundcasts. I'm going to miss, I was going to say I was going to miss those guys, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm just not going to be hosting this show, but they'll, well, I'll still be around. Let's get to the inciting audio that got me started on this path to the unfinal episode of Succotash, and that is the unfinal episode of our Burst o' Durst. Apologies that this one is a little late, but it's about White House resident Trump's first bumpy year. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about our 45th president, Donald Trump, who after one full year has exhibited mastery of his office and the level of a duck-billed platypus playing a harpsichord. After 12 months, Dopey Donald has seen his problems stack up behind him like a bouquet of bombs from the Acme Company, being wafted aloft by helium balloons approaching an archery range for the easily distracted. His administration has been marked by division, derision, indecision, and lack of supervision. Confusion, seclusion, delusion, and collusion. More missteps than the last place finisher in a drunken hopscotch tournament played on cobblestones, blindfolded. In his recent book, Fire and Fury, author Michael Wolff said 100% of White House insiders believe their boss is a couple sandwiches short of a picnic, if he catch my drift. The wheel is spinning, but the hamster is dead. Snuck into the gene pool while the lifeguard was chatting up the girl who runs the hot dog stand. Has the same mental capacity that God gave a bucket of hair. And then in response, the former New York City real estate developer proved that no matter how many governments he antagonizes, family members he insults, or staffers he alienates, his own worst enemy remains himself. Attempting to stem the backlash from Wolf's book, the president tweeted, and these are quotes, that he is, like, really smart and a stable genius, a statement that can only be interpreted as meaning that he's really good around horse manure. Then he gets into a fight with Kim Jong-un over whose nuclear button is bigger. Well, we all know it has to be Trump. He needs it to accommodate his tiny hands. All that in just the first few days of 2018. Fasten your seatbelts, folks. It's going to be a bumpy year. For Succotash, the comedy songcast soundcast, I'm Will Durst. The good news is that Mr. Durst will be staying on with Succotash, so you will continue to hear the Burst of Durst exclusively on these pod waves. You can also stay in touch with Will Durst's perspective on what's happening through his home site, willdurst.com. He's also on Twitter, at Will Durst. Plus, if you're in the Bay Area or coming here in the near future, check that same home site, willdurst.com, for dates, locations, and tickets for his latest one-man show, Durst Case Scenario, Midterm Madness. Another ardent supporter of this show has been a woman with a terrific show of her own, and that's Christine Blackburn, co-host of the Storyworthy podcast, along with her co-host, Hannes Finney. 
I've run into Christine almost every year at the Los Angeles Podcast Festival. She's always been a great promoter and cheerleader. Some years, she's even dragged various comedians and soundcasters into the PodFest's podcast lab and insisted that they sit down and do an interview with me. Storyworthy is a great storytelling show with some great guests, and recently they had on comedian Jonna Wilson, who related a harrowing tale. And so, uh, this one morning I had to I had to shoot something during the day, and the night before I went out and I had a couple drinks, so I woke up in the morning and I was feeling a little crummy. But uh, I was like, I could either sleep in or. I could go to the beach and it just happened to be March and I said, screw it. I'm going to the beach and I'm going to jump in the water and I'm going to refresh myself and be ready for this shoot. So I wake up and I go down to the beach and it's about 8 a.m. and it's so peaceful and there's nobody there. And I, I don't know if you know this, but I, I also started waking up really early and going for a run on the beach and the people on the beach in the mornings are a different brand of people like you'll just be running on the beach and people will just kind of make eye contact with you with a big smile on and like once you make eye contact they're like hi have a great day yeah everyone's really happy everybody's healthy everybody's ready to go they're uh they're it's just a different breed of person so i love that so i go down to the beach nobody's there i'm sitting on the uh sand take a couple deep breaths it's beautiful it's serene it's peaceful the lifeguard tower isn't even open yet. And I go into the water and I dive under and I come back up and it was like, ugh, see you later hangover. It's gone. I feel amazing. And so I just tread water for a little bit and I turn around to look back at the shore. I'm like, geez, I must have, I dove in pretty far because I feel like I'm a little further from the shore. That's okay. I'll just go back in. I've been swimming since I was, you know, two years old yeah. growing up in Massachusetts. Uh, and I start to swim back in and it doesn't seem like I'm getting any closer to the shore. And it's a funny thing because as a, you know, 30 year old man, you, it's such a quick change from being like, I'm totally fine to being like, help me, please. Someone help. Because I was starting to breaststroke and that wasn't working. And so I went under the water and I started freestyling like a madman. And I came back up and I was even further out. And at this point, I'm looking at the shore and there's no, the lifeguard tower is still closed. There's nobody on the beach. There's no one. It's Venice on a Sunday morning at 8.15, and it is dead. And I started thinking to myself, like, what am I going to do? And I did, I know, you know, you know growing up, you swim parallel to the shore if you get caught in a riptide. Guess what? When you get caught in a riptide, you start to freak out so much that it's like, I, I don't, I just want to get back. All you want to do is get back into the shore. So... I start treading water and I started slapping the water and just yelling help, literally yelling help to no one. And it was such a weird thing because like you were saying earlier about the ocean, the ocean doesn't give a shit about you. You feel that. It's like the ocean is just going to do what it's going to do. And if you happen to be involved in it, it doesn't matter. You are not even a blip on the radar. And I started to 
panic a little bit and I'm getting tired and like any good Catholic boy from Massachusetts, I started to pray. One of the things I have always promised to the various soundcasters and podcasters whose shows we clip is that we may feature three to five minutes of their program, but we try to keep the best parts off of our show so that listeners have to track down their show to hear the rest. And that's going to be the case right there. So if you want to hear how Jono managed to get out of that scrape, visit storyworthypodcast.com. Now, I think Christine and Hannes are actually bringing a live version of their show to San Francisco this summer. So I am looking forward to that, and so should you. I know you're probably dying to know how this show is going to continue once I sign off. Who's going to be in the big chair? But I'm not quite ready to reveal that information yet. It's coming before the end of the show. Another good friend of this show, and one who I've ended up hanging out with whenever I run into him out in the world, is Chris Gore. When Succotash first started, he was running Podcrash, where his gimmick was to appear on other Soundcasters' shows, then play those episodes as his own on Podcrash. In a way, it was the ultimate cross-promotion. Once upon a time, he'd been the editor and publisher of Film Threat Magazine, a great alt-movie magazine, and Chris has returned to that property, only now in website and soundcast form. Here's a clip from his recent Time's Up at Sundance episode from January with guests Natalia Winkleman and John Bernstein. First of all, you're our first female writer on the team, which, um, uh, you know, yes, yeah, but bad on us for, I mean, really, like, I have actively sought out to diversify our group of, um, it's usually two white guys talking about movies on the podcast, so I'm incredibly happy for you to be here, but additionally, being a millennial, I feel like you're also able to add something that I am not able to add being like a old deal what is it wait what am i i don't know but i'm gen a x. i'm a gen x i'm a gen x yes uh as, yes as am i yes so so being an older gen x i i always consider myself an old punk like i'm just an old punk so but um and i've always said it does bother me when i see that millennials get shit on constantly in the media some of some of them deserve it and many don't so yeah well for some things maybe but i i was talking to a friend i'm like nah i think millennials are going to like save the world cuz they're fucking angry about shit and they're actually making change whereas wait a sec i'm not done because okay. i remember when i was a kid and i was you know near your age that i would I remember watching how punk rocks, punk rockers and people that were into punk and certain types of people were portrayed in the media to the point where I made this video piece in college called Cathode Fuck, where you see like this, you see a montage of punks as they're portrayed on television. And it was the Donahue show, other television shows, local news. It was um, punk rockers on the TV show Chips. Where like the evil punk rockers like destroy this club, but then the the good people come in and they say I don't know they sing celebration at the end. It's awful. So I'm just ecstatic that you're a, because I feel there are many different ways that you can um, give us insight into looking at movies here, and I'm already breaking a thing by talking way too much. I'm talking way too much. And John wants to talk. You brought up a, couple, a few th- points that I was just thinking about. First way, way punk rock was, not, punk rock and rock and roll was portrayed on television. We were, we were assholes. It was always like, look at these dumb young kids. And it's like, to me, this is just a vicious cycle. So now the millennials are being like, alright, it's the millennials. It's like, 
no, no. And but I there was that, a famous Sex Pistols interview on some. I think it was a British TV show. And then, but I actually did just see. No, it, was, it was the Tom Snyder show. Oh, you're right. It was tomorrow. Yeah, and tomorrow. that's and that's on that cathode fuck tape. Which if you look, if you Google that cathode fuck tape, just look it up. It's actually it's on IMDb, and someone released it on DVD and I can't say anything about it because who cares I don't own anything that's on it it's all it's like a cut up tape anyways I'm t- okay go back, back to but I, but I was, I was saying it, but I would say uh, there was also a Kiss interview was it either on Merv or Dinah and I actually just watched an Iggy Pop and David Bowie interview with Dinah which was actually surprisingly respectful check the full episode out at their home site filmthreat.com also on iTunes Stitcher or whatevs Let's jump back across the pond for a moment to England and the team-up of Dr. Norman Trousers and River Gambese. Norman's been a presence around here pretty much since we began Succotash. He even sent me some logos for Henderson's pants once upon a time. He's part of the infamous podcast mafia that got started years ago with myself, somehow ending up as the titular podfather. Although I somehow... I seem to remember that that was started by Eric Furness of the Fooncast, and also another member of the podcast Mafia. Fooncast is back, by the way. If it was a comedy podcast, I have a clip of it here, but it's mostly music those guys talk about, so check that out. But I digress. Trousers and Gambese run a very sporadically appearing show called Cosa Mirth. And for the past four holiday seasons, they've produced these wild mashup Christmas productions. They're scripted, and then the boys draft fellow soundcasters from all over the world to voice the parts. Then they cut them together. I don't know how they do it. I'm honored to have been included in these crazy shows. And this past December, Casa Mirth featured their own take on It's a Wonderful Life, the Jimmy Stewart classic. I was asked to be the narrator, which I pulled off rather nicely, I think. Here's a nibble. Our story begins in heaven, which some may say is quite appropriate for a Christmas story. The walls of the emergency response unit are full of prayers for one Mr. George Bailey. Please, God. Help my husband, George. He's in trouble, and I don't know what to do. God help my pal, George. He's in a tough spot right now. God, if you're there, give my nephew George a hand. He's in a jam. Hey, God, I've got a hot date tonight, and I've been suffering from a touch of ED recently. If you could help me out. Oh, and if you have any time, my mate George could do us some help. Oh, God. Oh, 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 God. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God. That's quite enough. What do you think, Joseph? Sounds like this George fella needs our help. I think you're right, Gabriel. Who are you going to send? Well, Clarence is nearing the end of his probation. This could be a final exam for him. Hmm. Are you sure? He's got to pass sooner or later. Very well. Bring him in. Clarence. Hello, Joseph. Gabriel. We have a job for you. Oh, goody. Will I pass my probation and get my wings? If you do good, Clarence. Yes, you will. Who am I going to help? One Mr. George Bailey. At 10.45 tonight, he's going to throw away the greatest gift God can give a man. He's going to cut his dick off. Nah, think bigger. He's going to throw his life away. That's right. What style? Harvey Weinstein, Edward Snowden, or Kurt Cobain? Kurt Cobain, but without the mess. Oh, yes, I see. Right, let's go. Not so fast, Clarence. You need to get some background first. Oh, yes, of course, of course. With that, a large 90-inch 4K television set descended from the ceiling of the emergency response unit. As the lights dimmed, the screen lit up to show a picture of children playing on a farm. Hey, George, how's it going? I'm okay, how are you? Good, man. Hey, George, you still going on holiday to Disneyland tomorrow? Sure am, can't wait. 
Yeah, man. I've heard that place is bomb. Lucky you. Say, is that your brother over there? What, Harry? Yeah. He's getting a bit close to that horse, dude. Yeah, man. You better get him before he gets kicked in the head. Hey, Harry. Come away from that horse. You're too close. Don't worry, big brother. I'm okay. Don't spook him. He's okay. But the horse wasn't okay. No one on the farm had told George's younger brother that Hercules, the horse, really did not like people being behind him at all. The horse, startled, raised its head and kicked out behind him. George, are you okay? Get me in the bollocks. Are you okay? Sure thing. Hey, thanks for saving me. Holy shit, George! Are you okay? I think so, except my balls. That's gonna hurt. Can you stand? Oh, fuck no. Oh, Jesus, it's gonna take another few years for my voice to break now. Here, George, get on the sled. We'll take you home. Thanks, mate. I need to get home and ice my nuts. Sorry, George. It's not your fault, Harry. You can hear the whole ghastly saga at casamirth.com or anywhere else that soundcast by drunken Englishmen are distributed. Incidentally, as I always say, if uh, you don't want to type any of that stuff in, go to SuccotashShow.com, and uh, the title for each of the clips we use uh, is a link to their home site. So that's a, a darned easy way to find them. Boozing with Bill. Bill is very late today. I don't know what's holding him up, but uh, we'll, uh... I'm sorry. Oh, I here he is. Just came from my urologist. Oh, okay, I hope everything came out okay, literally. Oh, you know, it's all right. It's just you get old, you know. It's, yes. Everything takes a little longer. I understand, but I'm it glad you a finally little made it. I'm glad I'm here. Yes, absolutely. Hey, you know, it's a very sad time, really. I mean, it, it happened a while ago, mm. but we're still mourning the loss of uh, Bruce Wayne. I mean, uh, Adam, uh, West. Adam West. That's right. Yes. Adam West, yes. who's, who's, who's chum. known for for his, his his stellar, iconic role as as Batman. As Batman, yes, Batman on television. And, 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 you know, all of those other Batman that came after, they didn't have what, what Adam West had. They didn't. They didn't. They they were good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they had different voices. Yes, and, yes, Christian but, Bale and but they were also Michael Well, Keaton. they were kind of eclipsed by a lot of their bad guys. That's true. But I think that Adam West held his own, and, and he, you know, he... He knew he was making something very special, and he made something very special for me one time. He did. Yes, he. No kidding. We, well, I was. We were sort of going in opposite directions. I was working at WGGG in Gotham City. I was. I was assistant booth announcer. Really. And he was about to go. He was on his way up, and as usual, until I came here, I was on my way out. Oh. Dear. But uh, you know, we were sort of commiserating, and I was saying, you know. Adam, you know, I, I, I just this this game is frustrating to me. I feel like such a weakling. And he said, you know, Bill, I'll tell you about a drink that I know. It may give you superpowers for a very brief period of time. <laughs> really? It's called the bat drink. <laughs> the bat drink. Yes, it's okay. a bat drink. And wow. what, what's interesting is I was is always that, a big Batman fan, just to let you know. Well, so. you know, there's the bat room and the bat cave yes, and the bat mobile yes. and the bat uh, signal and sure. the bat, bat turn, bat stop. All those Bat, oh, underwear, yeah, yeah, the batarang, and the, there's the bat drink. The bat drink. He drink. only told his special friends about the bat drink, and I will always respect Mr. Adam West for telling me about the bat drink. But you know, it's interesting to me that it involves dark rum. Well, and, that makes and, sense, and, though, right? I because know, of the I know. Bacardi logo of course, is a bat. Yes, but I've never understood the difference between dark rum 
and light rock. Oh. And so since we're here, I would like to try something with you, Mark. Oh, it's an gonna, experiment. It is an experiment, it's a an little experiment. science project. Excellent. I've, I got, always, I've got a little you know, bit of... I'm one gonna, of the reasons people tune into Sakatash is they learn things. I, learn, I am Mr. Dr. Science. Yes. That's right. Yes. So we got here a little bit of dark rum mm -hmm. and a little bit of light rum. Yes, and, and putting so, in different glasses. Yeah, that's right, because we're just going to try this. I just want to have right. a taste test here. Oh, right. So, no, here's, to, to try the, the light, light rum. Okay. Okay. To, to the, to, to science. All right, here's the light rum in my mouth. All right, good. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Good. Now, now here, here's the here's dark, dark rum. Right. Okay. Wow, it tastes more, like my first grade teacher's perfume. There's more barrel in this one. More barrel? There's more barrel. Ah, well, all right. Okay, so, mm, anything I'm going to suck on an ice cube. If the light rum is single barrel, that is definitely double barrel. All right. Oh. See? Yeah. It's like you're both barrels in your mouth and you're ready to pull the trigger. Holy shit, yes. Okay, so now we know. Yes. All right. Mm. Dark versus the light. I'll just finish these off for you. Go towards the light. Hey, you finished them. Well, I, it's just a test. It's an experiment. Yes. So now we're going to make the batch. Okay. So we're going to put some ice in this little thing. Here. And, uh, and oh, and, oh, one got away. Uh, come back. So we start with one and a half ounces of uh, dark rum. And for uh, our younger listeners, they may not even know that what the... the term for this device is you're using. Would you explain? Well, this is a shot glass. I thought that was a jigger. This is a jigger. A jigger, a jigger is an ounce and a half. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to put a little bit of this in here. We're going to pour it in. Yep. Okay. Good. And um, then we add the cognac to it. Cognac? Yes, the cognac. There's a surprise. Yes, a little, three quarters of an ounce. Is that because Bruce Wayne was rich? And so the idea yes, was Yes, 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 yes. He said, that, do you know, this is this is what adds the, 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 the cachet to it, you know? Mm, a little so cognac. We put a little cognac in there. All right. There you go. And, um, you know, in, in honor of Bob Kane, oh. The creator of Batman, Absolutely, the he would put creator. he would put cane sugar, sugar. not just any cane sugar, but C and H pure cane sugar, dark brown. And we're using so, dark brown. Yes, it's that's right. Darkness. Yes, and we're going to put a little bit of uh, of the sugar in there. All right. Okay. Cane sugar in honor of the comic book creator Bob Kane. Yes, you really do know your stuff. Well, I, not as much as some, but more than others. So we're going to add a little bit of that there, nice. not too much. Nice. Nice. All right. And so then the, the piece of resistance uh, is going to be milk, but not just any milk. No. Excuse me. Of I, course, I, but to the wet bar refrigerator. That's right. Bold Trump. Yeah. Bold Trump, quickly, to the refrigerator. Rick. Yes. yes, Robin. So first of all, drink so your milk. We're going to have a... We're going to use whole milk. Mm. We're going to... But, but it's a half a cup of, of, of whole milk, but... He said that, you know, this is going to give you superpowers. Okay. So you use whole milk. All right. Whole Only milk. one half a cup of the whole, whole milk. Whole milk. All right. All right. I don't see the superpower thing coming out. Yes, okay. that's because it's <gasps> muscle, muscle milk. milk. I see. So you, you shake well. All right. All right. And what, is there a particular flavor there of muscle milk? Well, I looked around and I just thought strawberry would just be wrong. Yes. And I thought banana would just be wrong. Yes. So I thought, well, we got dark rum mm -hmm. and we got the dark sugar. Mm -hmm. We'll use chocolate nice. muscle milk. 
Nice. So we're gonna put that in there. How much of that do you add? Well, a half a cup, because because that's what makes it strong. I see. This you, you have a half a cup of regular milk in this and a half here. a cup of muscle milk. And then you can bend steel in your bare hands and all that shit. Well, you know, it's funny, because Batman was one of the only superheroes that actually had no superpowers. He had to use his wits. And checkbook. And his checkbook. Yeah, so he stir it up. All right, so this is the bat drink. One and a half ounces of dark rum, three quarters of an ounce of cognac, a dash of pure cane sugar from Hawaii, and a half a cup of milk and half a cup of mushroom milk. This is and like we're gonna strain it out. This is like a superhero milkshake. Is what this, this is, is like. the fucking superhero milkshake, and I'll uh, share it with you. We we put it over ice and then we strain it. Nice. Okay. I gotta you take can the... even that out if you want. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll uh, yeah. Well, we'll, 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 it's fine for right now. <laughs> so you'll just okay. I got gotcha. you. So, Cheers. Uh, to your bat health. <laughs> to your bat health. Oh, yes. Okay, we're going to try this now. Holy underwear, Batman. <laughs> That'll get your bat signal lit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Mm. I feel my bat signal. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. I feel my, my bat guano. I could take on the Riddler and the Joker. I'll take on the Riddler and the Joker, and I'll take on Lex Luthor. Wow. I'll take on Lex fucking Luthor, man. Right. I'll go over, I'll take on Superman. All right. i kick Superman's ass. I'll this is give, good I'll stuff. give him the kryptonite dildo, I will. That's right, right where it doesn't count. He'll look out for me. Is this why you were kicked what? out of the Justice League? No. <laughs> I'm an X-Man. <laughs> so does that mean someone who gets a sex change mm. is an X-Man? Yes. What? Okay, so that's this mm. is called... The battery. I see you mm. like that. Mm -hmm. thing, huh? All right. Oh, that's tasty. Let's I'm, go out on patrol. I'm ready, little buddy. <laughs> that's great, Mark. Yeah. I love working with you. Woo. The perks are amazing. Yeah, let's go fight some crime. I'm gonna go fight yeah. some crime. Gonna, I want to go beat some criminals up, Me too. man. Let's I want to go see Commissioner Gordon and tell him what I think of his wife. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> well, thank you, Mark. Thank I'd you, like Bill. To thank you very much for coming. Thank, thank, thank and you. Uh, I got to clean up now. All right, but Bill. that's all I got. And I will for never it. reveal the location. No, you must of, never. Uh, of your of, secret, of hideout, secret hideout, hideout in Studio, studio P. P. Don't tell Joe. Nobody. Don't tell Joe. Nobody knows. All right. And then cue the singers. Oh, Go. my God. I'm fucked up. Who's in with Bill? While Bill Haywatt will continue to work as the booth announcer for this show, I don't know that there's going to be any more visits with him in the Studio P wet bar. Uh, Bill likes to uh, mix his drinks with, with me and then uh, watch my face as he pours these ghastly concoctions down my gullet. So that probably won't be happening, sorry to say, but uh, maybe we'll do a special one one of these days. I don't know. On with a few more clippy tributes to Friends of Succotash. We're heading up to Toronto this time to hear from the cast of Illusionoid. Love those guys who I got to interview fairly early into uh, when Succotash got started. Paul Bates, Lee Smart, and Nug Nargang, the best name in soundcasting. We're in San Francisco for the annual improv festival here. We got a chance to hang out and talk, and being a longtime improviser, I really took to their style of an improvised sci-fi anthology series based around their gimmick of mankind's creation bent on the destruction of humans. 
Here's a glimpse at the transmission from the last episode of their ninth season, which dropped last November. Welcome. Welcome to an evening of magic, mystery, and what's in the box? Box. I'm doing my opening. Yeah. Give me a few moments to set the tone. Oh, I think you've said it already. Smokes, music, box time. Welcome to an evening of mystery, magic. Show us that box. Jesus Christ. I hate to steal your bit, but... A box, 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 Well, all right, here's the box is here on the table. What you see before you, gentlemen, appears to be an ordinary six-sided shape with a lid on it. It's like a cube. Oh, hella box. Yeah. As you will notice, each side of this cube is inscribed with a rune. Oh, yeah. I'm a rune that box. <laughs> these, oh, my God. No heckling, please. I'm supporting with funny things. We're part of the show. We're the show. <laughs> okay. Each of these runes represents an ancient entity long since lost to the mists of time. But found and put on that box. Correct. <laughs> this one that looks like two lines with a squiggle between it. This one is for Hecuba. Hecuba. Oh, Jesus. How did you know? Yeah. How did you know this was Hecuba? What? How did you know that that was for Hecuba? Box. Oh, God. This one with a circle ever winding into a spiral. This one represents the god. God. What? You didn't even have anything, yet you interrupted me. You didn't even have something. He had Hecuba at the very yeah, least. Yeah, 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 there's six of these. What's in the box? Oh, my God. I, I thought I was going to be able to do it. <laughs> well, sometimes you put yourself forward and you see what happens, right? This one! I did well. The spiraling one is the god... Hypnoto. God Hypnoto. God Hypnoto! God Hypnoto! I said it. I said it the same yes, time as him. Yes, you got I'm smart. Hypnoto. Listen to me. I'm loud and smart. And symbols three through six represent other ancient entities, each as mysterious and confounding as the last. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Box, box, box. Yet on the lid of the box, there is no symbol. What? There were two on one side, <laughs> and the lid has none. Amazing. That Amazing. Is the... That's how you know where the lid is. Exactly. I know what's up. That lid, without a symbol, is blank for a reason. For the man or men brave enough to step up here on stage and peer within this ancient vessel shall inscribe their own runes onto the lid. Oh, oh. Oh, 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 me, oh, 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 me and him, two of us, 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 us. Let's see, who wants to come up here oh, oh, and see guy, what's in guy, the box? This guy and oh, these two guys, oh, these two guys. Oh, you, with your hand up. Yeah. Oh. And you, with your hand up. Yes. <laughs> come to stage. Yeah. As your colleague Brambleberry and Michael look on. Oh, there they are. There they are. What? They're just staring. They're not even, they're not excited. You guys are just mad that you don't get to look in this box. And the voice of Mephisto commands them. Oh. Oh. They shall watch passively and bear witness to this ancient, ancient rite. Are they under your spell? 
Is that extra? Those episodes are pretty evergreen, and you have nine seasons worth to binge your way through. Find them at their home site, Illusionoid.com. They're also on iTunes, Stitcher, the Laughable app, and many more places. Don't uh, miss my introduction of the new host of Succotash. That's coming up, too. We have a couple more clips to go before we get there, starting with this snippet from the good folks at the Ear Goggles Soundcast. Jeremy, Aaron, and Stacy don't soundcast all that often anymore, but they still drop an episode every now and then. I used to run into Jeremy and Stacy at the LA Podfest for the first few years, but they stopped coming down from Seattle for that. And this was just a ready-made clip I found on their home site, one of their bonus clips from a show last year where Stacy plays with some toys, as she puts it. But you have the instructions for your table yeah, device. Yeah, so anyway, they're like, get another adult C, uh, open the box, and uh, there's some uh, gaskets and some things, and some of these things you got to screw into other things. Wow. Like, oh, man, this seems like it's getting complicated. Let me look at this. I'm going to look at it. First of all, don't put it face down on the carpet. It doesn't like that. Oh. And I'm like, well, whatever. I have it face down on the carpet right now because that's where it's happening. I've, I've heard some of them like it that way. Yeah. I mean, like, what else am I going to do? Because right. that's how you have to start. Right. Face God. up. That's ridiculous. And so I'm like, well, it's on the carpet, so I've already broken the rules. Yep. Let's see what happens Let's get here. Let's get weird. So they made it seem like it was this whole big deal, and I'm like, so I get one of the legs. Right, you get it up in the air. And you literally just put it into the hole right? and turn it. Yep. Sounds right to I me. So far, that. I'm with you. Isolate that. I'm like, well, shit, that was easy. So far, I'm with you. There's two more. Two right. more? What? All right. So get get myself another leg. Uh-huh. I put it in it the holes hole. holes needed to be filled. And I turn it. Wow. And I turn it till it gets real tight. I've never tried that move. Yeah. You put a ga- there's a little gasket in there. Right. A gasket. It's uh-huh. an extra step. But so it was so easy. but then but then you're done. It was like easy. You're done, right? It was there's... no tools. No tools required. Just really? my just my hands. Just my hands. So so a couple of doodads into a couple of hoo-hahs. And I'm and I'm like Ah, I made a table. Face down on the carpet. Face Boom, down on the table. carpet. I made a ca- table. But then you know what they then they insult they insult you at the end. Really? Uh, they, they go like this? I of, have to go to Olive Garden. The end of the directions, what did it say? It hit me it's on like it. it. it you were me. able to put four legs onto a, no, a, a flat slab. Only of... three. I know. I was very proud. I was very proud. <laughs> Jesus but what Christ. does it say at the end? Oh, oh, here's at the end. This gave me an existential Table. crisis. And it's just like you bend over and go, <laughs> At the end, it says, with assistance <laughs> from your adult partner. Uh-huh. And it's just like you bend over and go, first of all, (laughs) I could stand this motherfucker up by myself. Thank you. I don't need a friend. Thank you. I don't need a partner. But also, I don't have one. So thanks, Table Place, for making me feel bad (laughs) about my life. But now I have a table. Thanks. Jesus. I have a table I can put things on. I stood it up. And we're still alone. But it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Hey, look, guess what? Because you know why? I have another box and another thing. Another one. To put together. A separate. And I'm like, all right, listen, I'm on a roll here. I'm on a roll. Let's see what happens. I said, this one's going to be, there's no way, there's no way that I can open another piece of furniture is going to be as easy as that one. This, it's not going to happen. You got right in. I you got, just got right in so there. So I... I rip it open and I'm like, this is like a, a little bit more involved. Uh, it was, I it was easy. No tools. 
No tools and required. And it's like you bend over and go. I put this son of a bitch together in like 10 minutes and I sit it there and it's beautiful. And I'm like, well, I just, I made another furniture. Wait you a minute. You made it. Wait a minute. I have two more like in the closet that I bought and they were like tables and I thought I'm going to have to call a boy. But wait a right. minute. I'm going to see what I can do with those. Hashtag me too. There's no way. Okay, I've done two now. There's no goddamn way that three and four are going to be this easy. There's right. going to be tools. It's going to be a thing. I'm going to have to call someone. I'm going to have to call an adult. Right. Sounds no. like my last day. I put together four motherfucking tables with my hands, no tools, by myself. But 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 are they? All, is it four of the same table? No, all different. They're all different. All different. Wow. All different. It was amazing. You're a it hero, was amazing. basically. amazing. I just, I felt like a magician. If you go to their home site, eargoggles.net, you can browse through their archives all the way back to 2005, which is when they started out as the Sibling Rivalry Podcast. They changed their name to Ear Goggles in 2015, and I wish all three of them luck going on into the future. Another couple of longtime soundcasters who've been very nice to me are Chris Mancini and Graham Elwood, the hosts of the Comedy Film Nerd Soundcast. They're also two of the organizers of the Los Angeles Podcast Festival and have never been anything but welcoming, accommodating, and kind to me. It probably helped that I contributed to the Kickstarter campaign that paid for the very first LA PodFest, but since then, they have invited me to moderate panels and be a guest on other panels and just be part of the show. Here's a clip from their episode 403 from last month with guest John Reap. Here, here's what I really liked about this movie. This was like old school Hollywood studio filmmaking. It was like big, lavish, period production, uh, musicals, giant numbers, huge amounts of extras. A lot of money went into the production design, and it was just a big giant kind of um, musical movie that they don't make that much anymore. Mm -hmm. So it was really fun to see. Um, that type of filmmaking, and and it worked. It did. It was it was a fun musical. It was uh, it showed the kind of the story of like the humble beginnings of uh, P. T. Barnum, and you know as he created first he created the uh, museum before he created the circus, which I found really interesting. I didn't realize it, and it was a failure at first. Then it became popular, and then it slowly evolved into the circus that uh, he's most famous for. Museum of Oddities so, is what it was called, I think. Yeah, it Something was like, like Barnum's American Museum, oh, okay. he called it. And it was uh, it was empty. And then his kids said something like, well, you should have more live things inside. Like, because it was all just, you uh. know, static. And it slow, that's where it slowly evolved to him, like, bringing in the freaks and bringing in animals and, and uh, all those things. But here's where the movie kind of... Uh, went off on too far of a tangent is uh, as he was starting to get more popular and then the uh, controversy was starting. It was like, you know, you know, we don't like what you're doing in our town and, you know, you're, you know, we don't like what you're doing with the freaks and like he, he protesters basically with what he was doing. And um, also he was basically, you know, he's a, he's a show business uh, carnival barker. Ultimately, right. he was mm -hmm. like one of the first ones. So everything was... You know, like uh, um, er everything was a big show, but none of it was actually, you know, real. Yeah. So what he did is he went and met the queen in England because as his fame grew and he met some famous European singer out there and he decided 
to take her on tour to legitimize himself and leave the circus to kind of fend for itself for a while. So it was a really weird tangent that this movie went on, and the movie spent too much time on this tangent. I was like, well, no, we're interested in how he built up the circus, and this is what he's known for, and this is the story that I'm most interested in. But now we're on the tangent of like him being on the road with this European singer for like uh, really? yeah, an extended period of time. Oh, yeah, I'm like, mm, this is, I, I understand <laughs> that. Well, yeah. it's like yeah. it's a musical, and he's a European yeah. singer, so hey, yeah, have some numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's the best one. So so <laughs> I, I, I get that like I'm sure that happened, and then that was part of his story, but it's like as you know the focus of a film, you don't have that much time. Yeah, you yeah. want to get to the good parts and the parts that people are interested in. Also, the, you want to get to the heart of who he was and what he achieved. So... It went off on this weird tangent for too long. Find the Comedy Film Nerds at their home site, ComedyFilmNerds.com, the Laughable app, Stitcher, and wherever quality soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. I wanted to be sure to toss in a soundcast farewell to Travis Clark and Jonathan Sadowski, hosts of the Quick Question Soundcast. When I first mentioned I was going to step away from Succotash, Travis messaged me to ask if it was his turn to talk me off the ledge, as he put it. That's because a few years ago, he and his wife Brandy were considering hanging up their Tiny Odd Conversations podcast, the show they did together, and I'd convinced them to hang in there a while, because they'd only hit their episode 50. And they did. Uh, finally, eventually, Brandy got herself a new job that kept her crazy busy, and TalkPod eventually drained away. But then they got a new neighbor, and Jonathan had moved in. Travis discovered that the two of them had a lot in common, mostly talking, judging by the amount of palavering that goes on during episodes of Quick Question. I had him on a few months ago from a chat we had at the L.A. Pod Fest, but here's a clip from their holiday special from December. Travis. Yes, sir. Quick Question. What is it, Jonathan? How do you feel about Santa Claus? Creepy. I think he's a creepy <laughs> dude. I think he's a strange man. I mean, what's creepy about a guy sneaking down a chimney when the kids are sleeping? Does... I, and bringing you presents and making sure you don't tell your parents about it. Like, what's weird about that? I mean, don't tell your You're not supposed to tell your parents, right? You just completely made that up. No. That is definitely not how Santa Claus goes. You're supposed to tell Santa what you want, not your parents. You're supposed to tell Santa Claus, I want these things, and not your parents. So it's no, like, you don't have to. You don't, there's no rule that says you can't tell your parents. No, no, no. He's, he lives in a van, right? Santa lives in a van. <laughs> Santa lives in a van in the South Bay. It's, it's a house in the North Pole. <laughs> That's not my Santa. That's not the Santa I grew up with. He I lives just... in a van by the South Bay. <laughs> <laughs> because he's not allowed to live in the city anymore. Oh, my uh, gosh. Is that not your Santa? No, yeah. no. Different mm. Santa. Maybe that's why I don't like him. I just think he's a strange tradition. I think he's really bizarre. I fucking love him. I love him, Trev. Okay. I Help. love the idea of him. I love the 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 reality of him. I love it all. Okay, help me get there because I think it's a strange thing. Hear me out. Okay. <laughs> I love enchantment. I love wonder. Uh-huh. I love that that little sparkle and smile that Santa brings to to children all across the globe. Does he? Yes, he does. Okay. I just feel like in this climate, we need to be really cautious about who we put on people's laps. You know, like, I just think it's a, oh a my strange, God. strange thing. <sighs> you 
breaking my heart. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was Santa Claus once. It did bring a lot of joy to people. Santa Claus is amazing. I love the idea that kids like that, that giving kids something to believe in. That's right. Okay, but here's 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 where the worm turns for me. You, is that a phrase? Yes, it is. The worm turns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I like, um, I like it. I'll allow it. It's when you have to take that away. Inevitably, that has to go away at some point. Um, that hurt me to a point that I don't know if I ever got over. Yeah. I, I, can, I can see where, where your head's at with that. You know, I'm going to mess this quote up. My brother Jeff told me, uh, he's like, when you're a kid, you believe in Santa. And eventually, when you're an adult, you are Santa. You become Santa. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool. So I like I, I understand the whole th- of the the ripping apart of uh, of Santa. And I'm going to speak in code because I don't know if any kids are listening to our podcast here. So I don't want to. Santa's totally real. Thank. You. There you go. Yeah. Just he may not be who you think he is. <laughs> Grab more of that goodness at their home site, quickquestion.libson.com, or from pretty much anywhere else on the web you can find your favorite soundcasts. For this last clip of this unfinal Succotash episode, we turn to a couple of the most ardent supporters of the show who started their own soundcast last year. I've already mentioned them a little earlier in the show. Our very own Tyson Saner, who teamed up with one of our most supportive listeners, Hunter Block, and they created the Antisocial Show. For the first 10 episodes or so, they were only on SoundCloud, but now they're on iTunes and other fine distribution points around the interwebs. This clip, harvested by Tyson himself, is from their Epi 41, one of the first installments of 2018 entitled Obscured by Sound. Dear listeners, as I as I always give uh, Tyson uh, all the props, he, he is the, uh, the magic behind the show because... <laughs> There are a lot of times when, like, he can't hear me or I can't hear him, and it's, like, kind of like, you know, I, I don't want to say we get into, like, an argument about it. We're like, I can't fucking hear you. You can repeat yourself, Grandpa. Nothing like that. But, you know, he'll say, like, oh, I can't hear you. Like, you know, speak up or something like that, or you're, you're cutting out or whatever. But then when you hear the show, you don't hear any of that. So that that's the magic behind it. Like, you don't hear anything. It's all seen. Go ahead. And it's all seamless. Oh, hmm. yeah. So it's it's really cool, and and of course, uh, you know the stuff that you've been adding lately, like to the top of the show, like you know, like the the, the announcements and like the type of commercials with Ethan Dentonmeyer. That that makes it sound like really awesome because now it's like more professional sounding. I've you also, know, so. I've also been adding a lot of uh, eagle-eared listener listeners. Eagle-eared listeners will notice that I've been adding. Um, uh, custom bleeps. Yes, I've been noticing that too, especially when we had Ed Wallach on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, everybody's well, not everybody. I, it's uh, yeah. I think I might actually go through the archives and just start adding bleeps to all the old episodes too. But that's I mean, a, that's I a mean, project. If you if you think about it, like the show evolved, right? Because we yeah. went from yeah. Because if you think about it, we went from like a. Uh, uh, we went from uh, SoundCloud, which they can still go to SoundCloud and listen to your stuff and the show as well, yep. uh, to Stitcher, to iTunes, and now Brigade Radio 1. So I think once we got to that level, 
you know, we kind of like bleeped out the really bad words, you know, because of we don't know who's really listening now because of that. So, well, the reason why I started bleeping them is because uh, two reasons. One is that I can put I can take the explicit uh, status off of the episodes, and that gives us a chance for a wider audience. Two, because I mean, who are we? Who are we really kidding? It we, we people know what words are being obscured by sound. That's true, and that's so to me. It's kind of funny that it's like you still know what. And what people are saying. So I've got distinct sounds for each word now that I've been working out. I told you where you can find the antisocial show before the clip, but the thing I've been champing at the bit about, not chomping, as some people think, is where you can find Tyson Saner. And that's going to be right here as the new host of Succotash. I mentioned earlier in the show that uh, this is called the unfinal episode for a reason because Succotash is not going away. That's right. Uh, I, uh, I was ready to shut off the lights and, uh, flood the compartment and that was going to be it and, uh, no further access, but it's it, sort of the, the 11th hour. I thought to myself, you know what? There are people that really do enjoy this show. I'm assuming because you have your earbuds in or, and are listening or listening in your car, uh, or making somebody in your office listen to this, that you do enjoy Succotash. And, uh, I reached out to the only person I could really think of who has the capacity to uh, to listen to all these shows and and clip all of this stuff because it it takes a Herculean effort to be able to wade through today's soundcast universe and pull material for this show and that gentleman is none other than our esteemed associate producer Tyson Sainer. Hello, Tyson. Hello, sir. You thank you. You flatter me. Oh, you you flatter yourself from your fine actions. You are uh, your your reputation is renowned across the the Soundcast universe, sir. I wonder if self flattery gets anyone anywhere. <laughs> well, look at our look at our nation's capital and who's sitting in the in the uh, Oval Office right now. I think your answer is clear. Uh, <laughs> I, I, would, I would tend to. Um, anyway, so I am so delighted that uh, you decided to pick up the mantle or will be picking up the mantle with the, the next episode of Succotash. But I wanted to I wanted to have you on a to thank you and be just kind of uh, I don't know that our listeners have heard you in quite a while. You've been on before and we've clipped uh, your your show, your antisocial show that you do with uh, Hunter uh, Hunter Block. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a chance for them to uh, to hear us talking together about uh, what the future plans may hold for Succotash. It's very cool. I uh, I wonder, uh, you know, the, I like the idea of audience interaction. And I, I, I uh, have you received any? Um, only from only from some of our our soundcasting friends, uh, and it was one of the 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 impeti for asking uh, asking you if you would take over the show because I had a lot of people. That, as I say, they're friends of ours. Uh, we know them. So most of them we've never met in person, but we've met them through the uh, the social media and uh, mm-hmm. you know various uh, Skype interviews and things like that. And they were very sad to see the show go. Um, huh. As far as listeners per se, sort of the the civilians, the normals, um, not a whole lot. A little bit here and there expressed of uh, why is this going away, that sort of thing. And it was enough that I just said, you know what, let's let's keep this ship running and see what happens but um everyone i mentioned to that uh and, and i've not told a lot of people but i have told uh, a few selected soundcasters of our plans mm. here for you to take over uh they've been delighted with the choice so oh well that's that's very that's very nice to know um it's nice that they that there's uh 
confidence in me from people that I have never met. <laughs> <laughs> but they have met you in, uh, in a, a sort of attenuated way. Oh, I was going to say it's uh, introduction adjacent, I guess. A good way to put it. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to do just in this call was, uh, because people maybe have heard you, they certainly have heard your name. Uh, because, uh, of course, when we're doing a Succotash clip show, I make sure to let people know that you're the one doing a lot of the clipping. And uh, you're mentioned, of course, in the, the credits at the end of, of every Succotash show. But I also wanted them to understand that uh, you have been with the show for well over half of its lifespan of seven years. I was just, as I was getting ready to Skype this, I noticed one of our earlier Skype conversations, a chat part of it had still been wedged in my system from 2014. So, um, <laughs> uh, and it, it, your, your involvement preceded that conversation. So uh, you have been with us for quite some time. Well, it's been, it's been a, a really nice ride. I've been uh, glad to feel um, useful <laughs> um, in society in general. But I mean, uh, for it's it seemed that there, you know, there was a. I mean, I heard you. You know, I, I think I, we went over this when we talked on the uh, episode eighty-one. I think it's the one we actually co-hosted together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was that you know I'd heard that you were hoping that people would send in clips, and it so far really. It hadn't happened a lot. You know, there wasn't a lot of interaction. I thought, well, I could, you know, I got time. I have some stuff I listen to. I'll send in some clips. Why not? I mean, yeah. it was, I was doing essentially what you were asking for, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, I'll be, I'll, sure, why not? I, you know, I, I can do that. I like podcasts. I like podcasts, as it were, as it, as it is, as it were, as it will be, as it was, I'll be. I, all, all times happen simultaneously, or so the physicists would tell us. Yes, yes. It's Schrodinger's shredding, soundcast. <laughs> And uh, when uh, when you volunteered your efforts, did did you think Succotash was going to go uh, as as long as it has so far? <laughs> well, honestly, not uh, having any idea what the lifespan of a uh, podcast could be, uh, I was um, I wasn't sure really what to expect. I'll I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, there were some ones that went on for a long time. Like I know that uh, Smodcast had been pretty long running by the time. Uh, I think I think my involvement started around 2013. So, mm. uh, so by then, you know, I had been on Twitter for a few years. I'd seen podcasts kind of uh, I don't want to say flourish, but definitely um, promote themselves on that. And I'd seen podcasts lasting a long time. Uh, Joe Rogan, uh, his Joe Rogan experience was getting into the high numbers. The Nerdist was going on uh, uh, as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So it wasn't hard to imagine it could go on. I didn't really see why it, why it couldn't. Um, I, certainly, you were doing great deal of production you know and my contribution was you know even if literally maybe maybe 15 it felt like about 15 percent of the show uh, which is fine you know uh, sending you know three clips that's about you know that takes that 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 bit of work off of you but there's still a lot of work left on the program so i figured as long as you wanted to keep doing that then it would go on and you know indefinitely true true um and you and I have talked why why I felt I, I was ready to kind of move on from it. But uh, just that idea that Succotash itself still serves a useful purpose, I think, is great. Now, you're going to have to wrestle with the fact whether you want to continue using my foisted upon the world's uh, soundcast descriptor for what we do or return to the glory days of podcast. Uh, that will be entirely up to you. Uh, I have... Uh, uh, current logos that reflect both usages, of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's kind of your comfort level. Uh, I think several shows have adopted the Soundcast uh, moniker, 
but those mm-hmm. shows uh, have most of them have also disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> so so I don't know that you have a whole lot of backup for it should you choose to continue. Um I believe I admitted on an interview with it may have been on the Chill Pack show, I can't remember, uh that you know, I really did start the idea of soundcasting as uh just a way to get people talking. Um that uh I wanted to create something that would make people you know, sort of go, well, "Why are you doing this?" and just draw extra attention to the show in a way, which it, which it's done. It's kind of interesting. You know, when I've, when I've been to like the podcast festival in LA, people that drop by always make a big deal about it. Um, and so it's been, it's been useful. It's been fun. Uh, will the world ever turn? It's, uh, it's back on podcast as a term. I, I hesitate to say that, but I leave it to you, sir, whether you wish to continue in the odd tradition I move to a couple of years ago or simply slide back to the more comfortable podcast moniker? Well, I, I, I plan to keep calling it a soundcast. I, I also have, uh, I don't want to say backup, but I have uh, my, my co-host for antisocial show Hunter Block says soundcast all the time as well. So it kind of reminds me that that's the, uh, you know, that there are people who are using it and he's, 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 uh, you know, full on in that, that, uh, that movement as it were. Uh, so I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, I'm, to continue calling it a soundcast and uh, and and all soundcasts soundcasts if uh, if necessary I'll call them podcasts so people who haven't heard the term soundcast will know what I'm talking about but you know yes and I in, in solidarity as I uh, as I well I, I I intend to continue on as the executive producer for this show um, also uh, um, our esteemed announcer Bill Haywatt is uh, prepared to uh, cut a new opening and closing for the show to incorporate uh, you as the host. Um, oh. We are in talks with Henderson's Pants to see if they're going to continue sponsoring the show. Enterhooks. Uh, I, I believe that they may. And uh, as I, uh, I've, I've been working on a concept for another show that I plan to do, and I will continue to refer to my product as soundcast so uh, we'll see who knows maybe maybe the world will take it by storm and all of a sudden we'll be in the catbird seat uh one yeah. of the, one of the things that i used to do or you know i still will be doing during this show is when i announce a clip and if they use podcast literally in their title because some some shows do they call themselves mm-hmm. the such and such podcast um i still mm-hmm. continue to use that word because it's officially part of their title i figure sure uh if they don't, then they get soundcasted. Boom. And that's it. They get painted with a soundcast brush. That's right. Now, as, as you've had a, a, a few days to think about um, our upcoming transition, have you, uh, have you come up with anything in particular that you've thought of that uh, might be nice to throw into the, the Succotash mix as either some sort of ongoing feature or just something different to do. Um, it's the oh. ship, the ship will rightfully be yours. So anything that it currently has, except I suppose the title uh, for, right. for now is, is free and clear for you to, to do as what you will from your own sense of uh, art artistry and, and uh, marketing and everything else you think might do the show well. So any ideas? I did have, I did have at least one idea that I'd like to share with you. Please do. Um, I was thinking of incorporating, it's, it's not a huge change, but it is sort of along the lines of what's been going on. I, I'm thinking of incorporating occasionally, when when I can, a guest into the clip show, like kind of like what we did together, where uh, they bring uh, one or two clips of the show that they like, and then um, 
we share that we share the clips that we like back and forth in a you know uh, <laughs> highly controlled editable situation <laughs> it's a great idea I, I i kept wanting to do it myself and i just found it difficult for me to kind of find people that were available when i was available and uh, I, I even had you pull those clips for um, a sh that show I was going to do back in October with the guys from Monster Party, where it was going to be a oh, virtually a crossover episode where we would kind of mm. I would sit with them. They've got all their equipment set up for like a big roundtable five person thing down in L.A. And we would do a Monster Party show for whatever given topic. But um, as part of that topic, we were going to roll in clips that you and I had harvested and they would get those in advance so they could listen to those. Um, so we were going to do the topic was going to be horror movie podcasts, basically. Uh, so not only just as a topic, but they would do it in our style. Um, so I, I look forward to, uh, to those shows cause I always had fun doing it. Like I said, the difficult part was just finding somebody who would sit down and, and had the time and patience to kind of go, you know, okay, I got to listen to these half dozen clips they sent me and come up with something to talk about. So uh, I, I look forward to a return to that. Cool. In fact, perhaps if I uh, if I were to pay you a visit during your uh, your tenure as host, uh, maybe we could maybe we could do that. Yeah, totally. That's that's a great idea. I just want to make sure I understood it. <laughs> yes. Yes. That sounds great. And uh, anyway, I I don't want to take up any more of your time today. I just wanted to give folks uh, a chance to get a little bit of a tease as to um, where the show's going to kind of go in the future. And, and the show's not going to go that far off off the course it's been on, although um, it will, over time, I'm sure, take on the Tyson Saner flavor. So I'm looking forward to it. And I, I know the, 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 the soundcasters that we know will also look forward to it. And I'm sure the listeners are going to enjoy uh, the shift as well. So... I say full speed ahead with the good ship Succotash. Here, here. And I'd like to point out that the Tyson Saner flavor is probably not terribly unlike really good ginger ale. <laughs> now, is it is it Canada Dry ginger ale or like Verner's ginger ale? It gets right up your nose. You get a Verner's. Yeah, Verner's. <laughs> All right. Well, until, uh, until the very next episode, let's say uh, goodbye to the Verner's ginger ale of soundcasting Tyson Saner. So we'll be announcing when the first new episode of Succotash is dropping as soon as we figure out what we need to do to put all of the controls into Tyson's hot little hands. As I mentioned in that chat with him, I will likely drop in from time to time, and I'm in the process of putting a whole new soundcast into production and hope to tell you about that uh, when I, I'll probably tell him about it and he can tell you about it, or I'll go on the show and tell him about it and you can hear me tell him. That's confusing. I want to thank you for listening to this unfinal episode of the show. For those of you who've been listening for a while, I can't thank you enough for your support. And whether that describes you or you're relatively new to Succotash, please subscribe and keep listening as Tyson steps in. I'm excited to see where he takes the show. Now, for the last time as your host, it's my pleasure to ask you to please pass the Succotash. Goodbye. You've been listening to Suckatash Clips, the comedy soundcast soundcast, with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on SoundCloud, and on Ha Ha Ha, the laughable app. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook, 
Follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com. Or call into the Succotash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Turges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Suckatash. Goodbye. 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 Bye. G'day. I don't go anywhere without wearing a pair of Henderson's down underpants. I find that it's the best way I know how to keep my bush fresh whenever I'm out in the bush. Uh, Give that a crack. Do you want a couple of Aussie slang words you can just throw in there for the sake of it? Uh, give us a pack of ciggies, you cunt. Uh, what else is there? Your flaming glar. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Uh, that's not even Aussie. That's out of a movie. I'm quoting a fucking movie. It's just not good. I know you're a perfectionist. So if you need me to re-record, just let me know, man. I don't mind doing it again. I'd prefer to get it right. <laughs>